Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Day, live from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Championship point number three to win a tenth Australian Open. Cross court backhand, Sitsi Pass. Forehand up the line. It gets uh, him stretching here. Sitsi Pass over the baseline. Novak Djokovic. He cannot be beaten. He's done it tough tonight. A worthy opponent who stretched him in two tie breaks. But Novak Djokovic has become even greater than he was. The most dominant force on Rod Laver Arena in the history of the Australian Open making its move here in 1988. 6-3, 7-6, 7-6 in two hours and 56 minutes. There's uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, outstanding last night. 1.3 million people on the Nine Network viewed that. And, of course, uh, tens of thousands listening to uh, BP call the action on the SEN Network as well. That's the hot topic uh, today for Repco, your expert car service. Book into your local Repco authorised service centre now. And if the greatest of all time debate comes down to numbers... There's no question that Novak Djokovic is in touching distance now of a clear mandate. With that Australian Open win last night, he draws level with Rafael Nadal and 22 Grand Slam titles. He's edged ahead of Nadal in their head-to-head clashes. It's still very tight at 30-29 and surpassed Roger Federer by the end of his career, winning 10 of their last 15 clashes for a 27-23 winning record against the Swiss master. Now, Djokovic has a winning record against both in finals. Nadal has a significant edge at the majors, winning 11 of their 18 meetings. But he's also about a year younger than Nadal, and his recent history suggests he'll continue playing well after the Spaniard finishes, given how injury-prone the King of Clay has become. But Djokovic could finish his career with a total... Estimates are from various people. Nick Kyrgios reckons 28 Grand Slams. People are being a bit more conservative, maybe 24 to 26 Grand Slams, which almost certainly will put his two-time great rivals in the shade. In fact, Leighton Hewitt admitted uh, in the last 24 hours, added more nuance to the debate, arguing the heights of Djokovic and Nadal had reached were only possible because of the existence of Federer, who was taking tennis to new heights when they first emerged on the scene and continued to push the bar higher for the next decade after they announced themselves as contenders for his throne. Outstanding Novak Djokovic, I think he'll go down by the time his career is over, certainly statistically, as the greatest of all time. Your thoughts on that? Get on the temperate bedshed text machine. 
0487 736 736 or you can call us on 13 12 55. Peter Vlahos here. This is Sports Day WA on this Monday for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. When will... Uh, and what is Novak's thoughts on his pursuit to win more titles? This is what he had to say post last night. Of course, I am motivated to win as many slams as possible. You know, at this stage of my career, these trophies uh, are the biggest motivational factor of why I still compete. So that's the case, uh, without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I never really liked comparing myself to others, but of course, it's an, a privilege to be part of the discussion of you know of, you know as as one of the greatest players of all time and if people see me this way of course it's uh, it's it's very flattering uh, because i know that i give as much as effort and energy into trying to you know to win slams as anybody else um, and i i still have a lots of motivation um let's see let's see how far it takes me i really uh, don't want to stop here. I don't have intention to stop here. I, I feel great about my tennis. Um, I know that when I'm feeling good, um, physically, mentally present, that I have a chance to win any slam against anybody. So I like my chances going forward. Yeah, no, he's looking almost unbeatable. There was a Rose Tattoo song that came out in the 80s and 90s. We can't be beaten. Well, I reckon at the moment Novak Djokovic can't be beaten. Let me tell you, he's... Just a super fit athlete. When you looked at him last night, he looks so fit and he's just got the ability to run down every shot. That's what I was impressed by last night. He just runs everything down. Good luck to him. Uh, certainly coming back after, of course, the uh, controversy 12 months earlier. Big show tonight. What we'll do this week, and we'll kick it off tonight. We're all getting excited about the Perth Scorchers in the BBL final here at Optus Stadium. Saturday night gets underway at 4.30. Will it be the Sixers or will it be the Brisbane Heat? They'll sort it out on Thursday night. The winner of that match at the SCG will travel west to take on the Perth Scorchers. The Scorchers, as we know, have won four titles. 2013-14 season. They backed it up the following year, 2014-2015. Then they won it 2016-17. And, of course, last season, 21-22. So what we're going to do, there's four titles. We're going to go through every one of those finals, the winning finals during the course of this week here on Sports Day WA. And tonight, we look back at the 2013-14 grand final. The Perth Scorchers were in action against the Hobart Hurricanes in that one at the Wacker Ground. And a gentleman that that was part of that was a guy called Craig Simmons, who was just an amazing batsman. He still plays cricket for Rockingham Mandra in the lower grades at district level, but he came in as a injury replacement for a guy called Liam Davis into Perth Scorcher squad for 2013-14. And in only his fourth game for the Scorchers against the Adelaide Strikers, he scored a century from 39 balls, breaking the record for the fastest Big Bash League century. Now, 
He opened the batting in that final. He made 45 of 36 balls, including five fours and two sixes. He opened with Simon Kadich. So we're going to look at that uh, final uh, a little bit later on this afternoon. And then tomorrow we'll look at 14-15 on Wednesday, 16-17. And on Thursday night, 21-22. The four winning BBL championships. And you'll hear them and relive them with uh, Peter Vlahos here on Sports Day WA. All thanks to Kia and the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Uh, By the way, Brad Hogg was named player of the match in that. My co-commentator, we call the matches, the Perth Scorchers matches for the SEN Network, and he'll be joining me again on Saturday night for that one. But we're looking forward to Craig Simmons. And the other news, as we look at the sports headlines for Tyre Power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power, is that Graham Arnold, the Socceroos coach. Uh, There goes that... uh, Kia EV6 GT supercar goes like a I was just going to say but a better night uh, a shower of you know what um, the fact that Graham Arnold has now got a brand new four year deal to lead the Socceroos through to the end of the 2026 World Cup campaign capping off his impressive turnaround in fortunes with a new long term deal worth a reported $6 million Alex Brosk, who is a great supporter of Graham Arnold, played under him at Sydney FC and now part of the SEN football team, is going to have a chat to us about Arnold's new four-year contract that was officially sanctioned this morning and what the benchmark will be going forward through the Asia Cup. That is the next assignment in Qatar and, of course, the 2026 World Cup in the United States, Canada and Mexico. So that's all coming up. Look forward to to having your company. And by the way, speaking of soccer, Sam Kerr's love affair with the Women's FA Cup. Well, she's done it again. The Matilda superstar firing another consummate hat-trick. Thank you very much to blast Chelsea into the fifth round of that uh, FA Cup. Her treble on her favourite home patch there at Kings Meadow sank fellow women's Super League side Liverpool 3-2 and took her tally for the season in 16 goals in all competitions. She's just absolutely flying. Stay with us. Uh, Sports Day WA. We'll talk about Graham Arnold's uh, extension as Socceroos coach with Alex Brosk next. And then later on, we'll speak to the man that used to smash him. Uh, out of the whacker, let me tell you, Craig Simmons, as we relive the first of the Perth Scorchers BBL titles in the season 2013-2014. Don't go away. You can join us anytime on the Temper of Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. to JJ and, and, and the board that if I did stay on, it's something that I want to do to leave a legacy for for men's football, but also <clears throat> uh, to help the kids. So, you know, again, it wasn't just a matter of just signing for the Socceroos. Uh, yes, I looked at other clubs that I, I could have gone to in, 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 in Europe, had a couple of offers from uh, Middle East nations, but at the end of the day, I want to help Australia. I want to help the kids, but also 
<clears throat> probably what inspired me the most was seeing those fan sites, seeing how the Socceroos reunited the nation and seeing how many people love Australian football. And uh, just to see that was uh, something, again, that's just driven me even more to, you know, help the game as much as I can over the next three and a half years not just the Socceroos. Congratulations to Graham Arnold. New four-year contract announced this morning, reportedly worth about $6 million. And uh, he's looking forward to taking football further in his uh, next stint as the Socceroos coach. A man that knows him really well is the co-host of the Global Game here on the SEN Network. A man that played over 200 games for Sydney FC. Of course, played overseas in Holland and also in uh, Japan and whatever. But uh, he's a man that's uh, pretty well travelled, understands the world game very well and also capped himself with 21 caps for the Socceroos. Alex Brosk, thanks for your time. No problem, Pete. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I appreciate your time, mate. Uh, it's great, isn't it, really? I think it's a show of support for Graham Arnold, as we know. Uh, there were well, there was wavering support at one stage during that last campaign. <laughs> it's amazing how things can turn around. Within the space of what a week, uh, while he was over there, that every you know the the perception and and public opinion on him changed uh, completely, which is great because, like you mentioned earlier, I I do know Graham very well. I, I worked with him for a number of years, and um, you know I thought that some of the criticism that was that was um, thrown his way was um, you know a little bit unjust, I think, uh, and he did incredibly well with the squad. You know that that he had that he took over there. Uh, he got the best out of them, I think. Well, he seems to think that there's more to come, and and so do I. I think there's a lot of young players in that team that have you know recently made moves overseas, and and we're going to see the best of them in over the coming years. But um, look, I, I think he deserves it. You know, I think he um, he went through a lot in that World Cup campaign, and um, again with a lot of criticism, he. You know, he backed himself, the uh, Football Australia, they backed him. And, um, you know, I think he, he rightfully got the contract extension and he can help grow uh, grow the game, which is what he's wanting to do now. It's so important for any coach in any league, whether it be a professional league, the likes of a Liverpool or Manchester United, Barcelona, to even the local leagues, if you could term it that way. The coach is so important, but it's also so important to have the respect of the players and even when the Socceroos were going through tough times in their qualification it appears now that he never lost the backing of his players that uh, they believed in him oh they did and that's something that was there and and strong from beginning right through to the end they believed in him because of the belief he had in them again when everybody was criticizing the players and saying that they couldn't do it that they weren't good enough you know, he was saying the complete opposite to them and, and inside that change room, inside those walls um, of the Socceroos set up. And, and as a player, I mean, you feed off that. You know, if, if you've got a manager in charge who's telling you, um, you know, how good you are all the time and that he believes in you, you, you go out there with a confidence that you want to repay that faith that he has in you. And Arnie's a master at doing that. You know, he, he's always been good at getting the best out of players and, and, and the mind games and um, the mental side of of football and players. Um, he's fantastic at that, you know. And look, I think someone like him, it's, it's very hard to come across, um, you know, in terms of coaching with everything that he brings. It's not just the coaching, the football, all the stuff on the field. Everything you mentioned about what he wants to do to help grow the game, that's someone that we need in charge at this moment. At, at a time where the game is at, at, at a bit of a crossroads, I think, um, in terms of where we're going um, from here. And, and he's someone who wants to 
to help build that and grow that. And um, I think we've got the perfect guy in charge. You mentioned about the young players and the plethora of young talent uh, that is available now at his disposal. Of course, Garan Quoll and Harry Suter, Marco Tillia, you know, Riley McGee, Keanu Backus. Saying that, uh, how excited are you? Because you were part of a generation of young players coming through the Australian system. When you look at certainly those players that I've just mentioned, uh, where will they be, do you think, in four years' time? And are they they now the backbone of the Socceroos going forward? Well, they are. I mean, the squad that he took over there, uh, for me, when, when I looked at the squad he took, I thought it was very inexperienced. And, and I, for one, was one that was saying that I, I thought that this squad, given we have so many young players that they're just, you know, starting to, to dip their toes into European football. Um, you know, I thought in four years' time, in the next World Cup cycle, that's when we will be at our peak and we'll be better. I didn't expect much from the one just passed. And they completely surprised you know, a lot of people, but more me probably more than anybody, you know, just with the way they perform, the way they play in every single game. And I think a squad like that with the youth that they have um, and the experience that they will gain year on year from now on, I expect a lot of those boys, um, you know, to move on from where they are. You know, when we look back at the generation of, you know, Bresciano's, Agrellas, Kuehl's, Cahill's, these guys all started in, you know, those the, the lower divisions of, of the leagues that they played in and then progressed. And by the time they hit 26, 27, 28, that's when they were hitting the big leagues around the world. And I think in four years' time, hopefully, we'll see this current generation of players doing the same thing in the best leagues in the world. And saying that, as uh, Graham Arnold mentioned, as it's been well documented, you did have overtures, probably in some ways even maybe more attractive financially to go to the Middle East or or go into continental Europe, but he decided to stay here because I know a couple of players reportedly were questioned what they thought about the situation and he's, they came out in full support saying uh, if the Football Australia don't reappoint Graham Arnold, it's an absolute disgrace. So I gather that Football Australia and James Johnson would have heard the so-called dialogue from some of the more experienced players about Graham Arnold, and it would have been, uh, they, they may have kind of copped a bit of a backlash if they didn't appoint him. No, they would have, and, and I think they have to. At the end of the day, the people in charge, they need to listen to former players and current players to to get an understanding because, like I said, I mean, a coach, and you said it earlier, is so important to how, a, not not the squad, just how they play from game to game, but the, the culture that is brought into it, players coming in and out of the squad. And our, like I said, Graham Arnold is a master at all that. So it would have been silly of them not to listen to, you know, the reports that they've been given by everybody, you know, with, with nothing but glowing praise of Graham Arnold. So they did listen. They've given him another four years, which is great. Um, it would have been a shame to see him leave even though you know I mean he doesn't have a short memory he'd remember all the uh, negativity that would have come his way in those four mm-hmm. years and for me that surprises me that he's actually going again but um, look it shows again what he said you know he loves Australia he loves the football here it would have been easy for him to get a, a, a cash grab somewhere else but he's staying to uh, to help the code develop and of course part of the charter now is the next Asian Cup in Qatar likely to be held in early 2024. I gather there's a chance for redemption there because we were pretty poor in the 2019 tournament uh, exiting at the quarter final stage and there's an opportunity at the Asian Cup to to go deep and possibly even win it as Ange Postacoglu did. So how do you tackle the program now if you're coach Alex is it a case of 
try and again develop players that may be ready in 2026? Do you keep the squad together for the first half of this so-called cycle? It's going to be a bit of a balancing act. How would you treat this current squad? Because there'll be so, some players that no doubt will be phased out. There possibly will be. Look, I wouldn't think too many because of how young the, the squad was. But And I think he already almost did that with a couple of players, um, you know, going into that World Cup. For me, if I'm coach, and, and, and no doubt he will, I think riding off the back of what these incredible squad did at the World Cup, you need to get them together. You need to keep bonding this group, keep, keep growing it. Uh, and the players that come in, you know, the younger players, Arnold's always been about, you know, bringing depth to the squad and having competition for places. I think he'll continue to do that. But there is a big tournament coming up, like you said, in early 2024, that he's going to want to be, um, you know, peaking at the right time for. And, and like you said as well, the redemption. He, he wasn't happy and, and nobody was with how that last Asian Cup went. So he's got, uh, he's got something to fix there. And I think now off the back of the World Cup, keeping this group together, they go in as, um, you know, probably hot favourites. What about as we change tack, because you are the co-host with Simon on the global game, the ambulance situation. One day, who we know played at the Perth Glory, now is involved with Adelaide, and he unfortunately incurred that broken leg, and they had to wait 13 minutes for ambulance support. But that was a Victorian government decision uh, by not having a an ambulance at the venue, it must have been horrific for the player and everybody concerned because uh, they couldn't move the player. And in the end, play was stopped for a good half an hour, wasn't it? Your your thoughts on, on the situation? Oh, look, I, I was... I think it was terribly sad seeing the scenes and for how long it seemed to drag on. I think when a player uh, suffers an injury like that, you never want to see it in any sport. But what you do want is for someone to to attend to the player as quickly as possible, make sure they're comfortable. And not just them, I think you're right. The, the, the amount of time that he was lying there, you could see his teammates and the other and, and people in the crowd that were seeing what was happening get more and more distressed. Um, and look, I understand the Victorian government do things a little bit different in that respect, but I, I don't think anybody wants to see something like that ever again. I think, um, you know, the, the quicker you can get a player who's suffered that sort of injury to a hospital and under proper care, um, the better. So it was a shame um, seeing that and hopefully something that gets looked at, uh, you know, very, very quickly. I think it'll be looked at very seriously there by the Victorian government, the only government that doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, at sporting venues uh, has an idle ambulance ready to action if need be lot the situation was on the weekend thanks for joining us alex terrific mate uh, always lovely to have a chat to you and uh, good luck with the global game uh, in coming weeks uh, always a great program here on the sen network thanks for your time appreciate it Pete. thank you no worries good on you alex brosk joining us here on uh, sports day wa with peter last by the way graham arnold uh, will be on the brekkie show tomorrow uh Sports Breakfast uh, with uh, Timmy Gossage and also Scotty Cummings between 6 and 8. They'll also speak to West Coast Eagles returning defender Tom Cole. That's from 6 o'clock tomorrow morning here on SENWA. Now, as I said, we're going to be looking uh, over the next four days at the four Big Bash titles that the Perth Scorchers have secured. The first one was in the season of 2013-2014. When you had the likes of Simon Cadditch, Sean Marsh was here, Adam Vogel, just the current coach 
of uh, the Perth Scorchers was batting at number four. Mitch Marsh was there. As we know, Mitch Marsh currently uh, out through injury. But they had a, a pretty good lineup, and the likes of also Nathan Coulter was there. Jason Berendorf was still playing, and that was uh, early days, and he's still going now. They had Alfonso Thomas, one of the imports. Brad Hogg was the man of the match. He took two for 17 off his four overs. And the Australian test captain, Pat Cummins, was playing for the Scorchers that season. Say and that again. Yes, Pat Cummins played for the Scorchers in that final. He got belted. Four overs, one for 47. <laughs> Would you believe? We're going to relive uh, the first Perth Scorchers BBL Championship with a man that just clobbered him that season. Absolutely hit him out of the whacker into Gloucester Park and into the Swan River. Craig Simmons joins us next here on Sports Day WA. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Strikers didn't bother about him in the team meeting. He came out and smashed, as we saw in his fourth game for the Scorchers, against the Adelaide Strikers, which ironically he actually spent a couple of seasons at after his stint at the Perth Scorchers. He belted that century off 39 balls. And the man that's still playing a bit of cricket down there, Rockingham Mandra, joins us on the program now. Hey, Craig, how are you going? Yeah, afternoon, Pete. How are you going? I thought I'd just relive those memories for you, mate. I suppose you think about them every now and then when somebody gets you at Cobbler's Tavern down there in Mandra. Yeah, look, every this time of year it does come up in conversation a little bit. <laughs> yeah, pretty fun memory. Now, can I just clear something up here before we talk more about the match? Uh, because it was a, a huge game and the in the end these Perth Scorchers won their very first BBL title. Can I ask you about the chicken treat saga where you went and ordered a chicken roll, large chips and a 600 mil Coke. You had that pregame before one of your hundreds and you worked in the morning as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So that morning I was working down actually near sort of halfway between Maroona and Bunbury and uh, yeah, finished a little bit later than I wanted to and I was starving, so dropped into Pinjarra chicken treat on the way home, and yeah, that was <laughs> that was a bit of a late lunch, and but yeah, it was, I think from memory, it was, it was before the 39 ball 100, and it was a pretty warm day, so it was tough work uh, running around in the field and batting, that's for sure. What is it about your elite sports people? I, I spoke to Stephen Michael last week on this program as well, the great South Fremantle legend uh, footballer that he was, and he reckons he used to go to Cicerello's having fish and chips before every home game at Fremantle Oval. And then you look at the athletes uh, that are paraded in front of us, particularly AFL footballers these days. They can't go anywhere near that sort of stuff. Saying that, let's go back to that special day, uh, the grand final. It's now called 
the decider in the BBL. But everyone knows it here in Australia as a grand final when it comes to sport. And you took on the Hobart Hurricanes in that one. It was at the WACA ground. You opened the batting with Simon Cadditch, who was the captain of the side, and you hit 45 off 36 balls, and you hit a couple over the picket fence as well. Uh, tell us about that day and your, your memories of it, opening the batting with the cat. Yeah, look, he was a great person to bat with. Simon Cadditch was like he was just... You know, as much as everyone remembers him a leader, but yeah, the way he batted and, and got his team to, to unite was really big. Um, you know, heading into that tournament, WA had been without winning any silverware for a pretty long time. So I remember as a group, they were pretty, yeah, we're pretty keen to have a bit of success. And yeah, that sort of was the start of a sustained, sustained success in the BBL. And, and yeah, obviously some Shield titles and one day titles since as well. So yeah, it's the start of a pretty good dynasty for WA cricket, I think. I tell you what, I was really keen. I was supporting the Melbourne Renegades uh, the other night. I was hoping that they may get through. We may see Sean Marsh back here on the verge of turning 40. He's 39 years of age. But he came in and uh, remained not out in the Scorchers total of four for 191 of 20 overs. He made 63, and you would have batted with him for a, a period of time. You would have put together a pretty good partnership because the cat went pretty cheaply. Yeah, look, I, I love batting with Sean. Um, we come through playing WA under-19s together, Australian under-19s together, brought it for WA St. Clement. So, yeah, it's just great to see him still playing. You know, 39, nearly 40, and the way he's going, the big bash, I'm assuming he's going to get another contract there and play on. And, yeah, hopefully after, you know, the big bash break, back into some shield cricket. And, yeah, how good is it to see an old fellow like that still running around? And you had a young Mitch Marsh playing in that game as well. Yeah, the little Mitch, he was... He was a lot quieter back then, but yeah, he always had that potential. And <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good team person. Yeah, we loved having him Same. part of the squad that year. But yeah, yeah. What do you think of the squad that year? Uh, Alfonso Thomas was there with the ball. You had the likes of Brad Hogg, who I now call the BBL matches, and I'll be working with him on Saturday night as my comments man. But of course, you had the Australian Test captain and ODI captain Pat Cummings playing for the Perth Scorchers that season. Yeah, we did have a we had a really good team. Um, the bowling attack was, you know, as it's sort of been since. You know, we had Berendorf and Cummins and and the like. And yeah, we were just really confident in in our ability to to restrict teams. So the, the batting for us didn't really matter. Um, you know, we, but just then bowlers felt like we could pretty much defend everything. So yeah, it was, mm. it was a pretty good feeling going out the field knowing that. I know Pat got one wicket, but gee whiz, he got taken to the cleaners with the ball, didn't he? I look at his figures here, four overs, one for 47. He got smacked. <laughs> they had to make a bit of a game of it, didn't they? We, uh, <laughs> yeah, from memory, I think I think we made a pretty good target and, and yeah, they felt like they were never really in the game. So yeah, it was a pretty pleasing final. Yeah, and that was a, it was a comfortable win in the end. Uh, seven for 152 is all that the Hobart Hurricanes could muster off their 20 overs. So it was a pretty comfortable win with the Scorchers making four for 191. Tell us about the scenes. Now, they're expecting a, a record crowd this Saturday night here at the Optus Stadium, which will house the very first, as they term it now, the decider or the grand final in the BBL. Tell us about your memories and those great memories of playing these sort of games at the Wacker. Yeah, it was, it was really huge. Um, it always felt like the, the stadium was just chockers at the Wacker. I think, you know, 20,000, it was. It felt like there was 50,000 there. So I can only imagine what the players are going to feel this week. You know, I'm assuming it's going to be 50,000 plus. So it's going to be a really big home home ground advantage. Um, yeah, it's just, to be honest, it's just unbelievable how the Scorchers just keep winning titles because, you know, no matter how many players we've got out or how many players we've injured, 
just to keep fronting up. It's just a really speaks testaments to the culture that, you know, Justin Langer started and Adam Vogt just continues. It's interesting when you look at the players, like uh, Liam Davis was injured, so they came to you. You're playing for Rockingham Mandra at district level and you're playing pretty well and they, they plucked you out of club cricket. And that has seemed to be the model that has been put in place with the Perth Scorchers even now when you look at some of the, the club cricketers that they look at. Cooper Conley being one from Scarborough. And even though Stephen Eskenazi has played with Middlesex, you know, he plays great cricket with Claremont Netherlands. They seem to look into great cricket uh, clubs and see if they can find a player or a jewel in there. And that was your scenario, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's, I don't know. I just don't know how they do it. But, yeah, I think that I think because the guys play together so much and, and we are sort of so far everywhere else, we're, we're pretty lucky that every, pretty much everyone in the team's from WA or plays for WA. So, it's, you know, you look at a lot of the other teams and they are a bit of a mix of different states and stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe it's an advantage and the guys really want to win and, and perform and work as a team, whereas I think in other teams you can can get pretty individual. Um, you know, at the end of the day, guys get a pretty good paycheck. So mm. sometimes they might be more worried about that than performing as a team. Saying that about the paycheck, you spent a couple of seasons at the Perth Scorchers and you just caught the imagination of everybody here on this side of the country with your power hitting uh, in the BBL. But then the Adelaide Strikers came knocking on your door and you said to me just uh, recently, actually, that was probably the paycheck and the chance of maybe putting a bit of further food on the table for the family that lured you to Adelaide for a couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. Look, that, to be honest, it was the only reason. I've, you know, I've been a big um, WA cricket man for, you know, pretty much since I was 11. So, yeah, just it come to a time where, it's, you know, obviously WA had so many good players playing for the Scorchers that, you know, you couldn't really squeeze much more money out of them. So when Adelaide Strikers came and it was a pretty significant offer, then, yeah, I had to take it. But, yeah, it's, I suppose it's something I probably do regret because, you know, even today I'm a, I'm a pretty big Perth Scorchers fan and love seeing the boys do well. But, yeah, there comes a time in, in your life where you mean to make a decision that's going to help me moving forward. You turned 40 just before Christmas, uh, or might have been actually 41. Uh, No, 40, I think you turned just before Christmas. You can confirm it with me when you come back. Uh, But you're still playing the game down there in Rocky Mandra. Yeah, so I coached the the first grade and and the whole club there. Um, I've played probably half the year of first grade, a little bit of second grade. And, yeah, I've got some pretty good young players playing for us at the moment, so it's just really good to help them out and, you know, to see some of them progress. I've been lucky enough to see Teague Wiley play. Shield cricket for WA this year and make a hundred, and we, yeah, we've got a few other gems that I'm sure are going to play some cricket for WA in the future. So you're saying there's some good talent uh, in district cricket uh, that no doubt we may see in seasons to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got Corey Wosley who's 17 and's got the, you know 500 runs and the third most runs in the competition, which I can't remember a 17 year old doing that ever. So yeah, it's pretty exciting times for, for us at the club and. Yeah, WA Cricket Hall, I think, is pretty healthy. And there's some good young players running around, which is good. Mm. And as we let you go, when you look at that uh, great day, how did you celebrate after winning the very first BBL championship for the Perth Scorchers in that season? Uh, do you recall what happened after? Yeah, it was a pretty late night. Um, yeah, as I said, it had been a fair while between drinks for WA winning silverware. So, yeah, certainly late night. And I think we ended up pretty pretty early morning and in, into in Fremantle for lunch and... Yeah, celebrated pretty long for a few of the boys, which was good. Good stuff, Craig. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, what about your bat? you still got the, the big big bat that bludgeons the ball uh, over the rope these days in, in club cricket, even though you play, I think, in lower grades? 
Yeah, the big bat's still there, but unfortunately doesn't bludgeon it like it used to. Um, <laughs> it's more nicks and nudges these days. But yeah, look, I still had a lot of fun. And, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose you can't get here at the Stadium on Saturday because you'll probably be playing club cricket, won't you? No, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to get up there, actually. I haven't, I've never been to watch a game at Optus, so, yeah, hopefully this could get there this Saturday. Good stuff, mate. Well, thanks for joining us and sharing some of those memories with us. Uh, what was a, a great day and a great event with the Scorchers being the Hobart Hurricanes and getting the first of four BBL titles. Thanks for your time. Excellent, Peter. Thanks for that. Good, good on you. Hearing your call on Saturday. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, Craig Simmons uh, joining us. Uh, he was a heck of a player. He really was. And the other thing with Craig and was the fact a couple of games after that, he scored another century uh, in the semi-final against the Sixers, 112 runs from 58 balls. And he also became the first player to score two centuries in a Big Bash League matches. And the other thing that he holds high in relation to what he's done, Chris Gale, who played with the Perth Scorchers, he equaled Chris Gale's competition record of 11 sixes in a match. In a match. So he was a real entertainment machine. Tomorrow, we will look at the next one. They went back-to-back, the Scorchers. They won the following season. We'll find out how much uh, personnel changes there were, and we'll come back uh, and relive uh, the second BBL title on Sports Day WA tomorrow. We'll take a break. Uh, you can join us any time. Uh, Lisa's been on the text on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Hi, Peter. Just wanted to message and comment, uh, commend you and Brad Hogg on your calling of the cricket on Saturday night. Great to hear you guys commentating from Optus. Uh, great win, but sloppy fielding by the Scorchers. I'll have to do better on Saturday night. Lisa Edelbrook, I agree, Lisa. Uh, in fact, both sides fielding wasn't that flash on uh, Saturday night. Who will it be? Will it be the Sixers or the Heat? At the SCG, the Sixers have almost been unbeatable, but is there a chance for Usman Kawaja and the Heat to maybe cause a bit of an upset? Love to hear from you. Get on the text. Is it going to be the Sixers or the Heat to take on the Scorchers on Saturday night? It's 16 to 6. Great to have your company here on Sports Day for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. It's a beauty, and you can join us any time on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Uh, the Wildcats, big weekend for them coming up. Cairns and the Sydney Kings, they need to possibly nail both of those to be assured of a playoff spot. Get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. If you want to go to the games this weekend, head to tickertech.com.au. As I mentioned, the Red Army Friday night versus the Cairns Taipans and on Sunday against the Sydney Kings. We've got the Allen Border medal currently underway. Lance Morris, congratulations to him. A round of applause for Lance Morris. The wild thing. The Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year. And, of course, he's on his way to India. And he won't be playing in the BBL final on Sunday, or Saturday night, which is unfortunate. Matt Short, the BBL player of the season. He's been very good at the top of the order for the Adelaide Strikers. Marcus Stoinis, uh, the men's T20 player of the year. Well done to Stoiny. Your dad would be very proud, your late father. And David Warner, the... Uh, OD International Player of the Year. So there's some of the awards. Lance Morris, 
So a couple of West Australians already there. Lance Morris, the Bradman Young Cricket of the Year. Marcus Stoinis, the Men's T20 Player of the Year. Let's just check the weather before we uh, wrap up with a couple other bits of uh, sports information for you. For New Farm Australian through and through, looking at the forecast for Perth tomorrow, it got to 38.1 degrees today. For tomorrow, mostly sunny, wind southeasterly, 20 to 30 knots, tending southeast to southwesterly at 25 to 30 in the early afternoon and then southeasterly, 25 to 40 in the evening. No sea breeze tomorrow, by the way, so it could be a warm one throughout. Uh, 21 tonight, 35 tomorrow, and it's going to be the same for Bunbury. Just a couple of degrees cooler, 17 to 32, the temperature range there. Of course, New Farm's products are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. Uh, just in soccer, have we got any of this, this great American actor? Uh, let's have a listen. See if you can identify who this fella is. He did a bad, bad thing. Yeah. And for all I know, you, you could be the bad guy. And I could be the, the other bad guy. I'm really starting to not like you. Oh, come on. Not like me. You don't even know me. We could have a lot in common. You know what, Booth? Maybe I don't know you, but I've been building a profile on you ever since you stole William Strang's Lady with the Red Hat from the Tate back in 2014. You can't prove that was me. Now, there you go. Is that Deadpool? No, it wasn't. Ah, Red Lotus. I see, I don't watch movies. I read Notice. Thank you very much. How good am I with... I said Deadpool, and then I said Red Lotus, but it's Red Notice. That was Ryan Reynolds, who, of course, as we know, with another gentleman, has bought, that is his company, R.R. McReynolds Company, LLC, the Wrexham Association Football Club. They're known as the Red Dragons. They've been going for 158 years. They play. They're a Welsh club. And they play in the National League, which is the fifth tier of the English Football League system. Now, over the weekend, they took on Sheffield United, who are sitting in second position in the second tier of the English professional football system. And at home, in a ground that holds just over 10,000 people, they were winning 3-2 with only seconds remaining and then Sheffield United scored a goal to make it three all. So they'll go to a replay and they'll be going to Sheffield for that replay. But it was, they reckon, just a crazy, crazy night in Wrexham, in Wales, a 3-3 draw against Sheffield United. And Ryan Reynolds was actually one of the 10,000-plus people that were there. One of the uh, real interesting FA Cup ties. Liverpool are out of the FA Cup. They got beaten by Brighton. And there's always some upsets when it comes uh, and plenty of David and Goliath battles in the English FA Cup. All right, uh, just before I go, just regarding a lot of the sport that's happening, as we mentioned, a lot has been said about Novak Djokovic last night and the fact that he's in pursuit to win more titles and it could be as many people are predicting as 24 to 26. Uh, And this is what Stefanos Tsitsipas had to say. He was full of praise for Djokovic after last night's straight sets win. You know, Novak is, is a player that pushes you to, to your limits and um, I don't see this as a curse. I don't see this as like uh, something annoying. Um, this is very good for the sport uh, to have competitors like him, to have champions like him. It's very important for us um, that uh, want to get to his point one day and getting our, you know, 
asses kicked is for sure a very good lesson every single time. Um, uh, he has made me a much better player. He has made my levels of concentration uh, get higher and higher every single time I get to play him. Uh, you know, you have to be really involved and you have to really be dedicated to the, to the game when you play against him. So um, I find I find it uh, and, and a very important part of my of my career to, to have a player like him that will help me uh, grow better and uh, do bigger things for uh, speaking for my game. There you go, Stefanos Tsitsipas. He's only 24. He'll be playing in more Grand Slam finals. Don't worry about that. I'll be back again tomorrow from five. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy.